Hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Good morning. Good morning. Who would agree with me that God's opinion is better than my opinion? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to teach a principle this morning that runs right through the the Bible and... uh, and I want to share God's opinion on something, and I, and I hope that you hear His voice and not mine as I share this principle. And the principle is, give to God first. And giving always challenges our heart. And I just want to say this morning that God loves you, and it doesn't matter whether you give money or not, or you, or you choose not to give money. God's love for you is unconditional. You cannot buy His love. You cannot buy His favour. His love is unconditional. And your giving is always between you and God, and it's and, and God will meet you where you're at. So please, uh, God never brings any shame, condemnation, guilt. He is only love, only grace, only forgiveness. And uh, if you're feeling some of that stuff, shake it off. I don't want you to have it, and God doesn't either. But give to God first is a principle that runs right through the Bible. You see, God is above all, and before all, He always comes first. If Jesus had gone into the Olympics, if the Olympics were around, He would have won all the gold medals. Because God always always comes first. Wouldn't that be amazing? Back in, like, uh, AD, early there's a guy, Jesus won every gold medal, <laughs> greatest athlete ever. But you see, God always comes first. He never comes second. He always comes first. He's above all, before all. He always comes first. And uh, I think it's great that we can have church on the first day of the week. Yes. Put God first. And people might ask me, hey, when's a good time to read my Bible and to pray and to and to, to, to seek God, I'd say at the start of the day. Because if you, if you don't do it at the start of the day, you're going to struggle at the end of the day. I think you should always try and put God first. So give to God first. And this morning I'm going to do what the Jewish people would call stringing pearls. I'm going to take you from Genesis to Revelation, from the Old Testament through to the New Testament, just threading this all the way through and uh, I'm going to do a lot of teaching this morning but don't worry uh, I won't stay somewhere too long Genesis 4 that's the first book of the Bible anyone got a paper Bible? I love those paper Bibles Uh, if you're you're doing it on your phone or your app um, download that paper sound for me can you? I like the sound of paper, you know, you can download that to your app and it's great. But if you've got your Bible and one or two years have, you're going to go and left to right all the way through this morning. Genesis 4 verse 2. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favour. Now, Abel brought a meat offering, 
and Cain brought a vegetable offering. God liked Abel's offering. He didn't like Cain's offering. You don't make friends by bringing salad. But remember, you don't want to hear my opinion this morning, do you? You want his opinion. You don't want to hear my voice, you want to hear his voice. So uh, I've underlined a couple of things and we'll go through this again because if you don't understand the principle of first, you will never understand this passage of scripture. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Do you see that? Cain just brought some of the fruits. He brought a somewhat offering. He brought what he thought was good in his own eyes. I don't know, he might add a heap of cabbages and apples and I'll give God some of that. He, he just brought a whatever offering, whatever he felt was right and okay. Uh, it was just a somewhat of an offering. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. See that word first? God always comes first, doesn't he? The Lord looked with favour on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favour. God wants us to put him first. It requires faith for us to give him the first, the first of the lambs, the first of our fruit. It doesn't take any faith to give him some leftovers or a somewhat of an offering. God always desires to come first. Now Exodus, that's the next book, 66 books, I'm not going to do them all today though, okay, but you will find this principle in every book of the Bible, it runs all the way through. Chapter 13 verse 1, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, consecrate, that means to dedicate, to vote, to me all the firstborn, see that, firstborn, whatever opens the womb, among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is mine. Quite harsh, and it? it's mine. Sounds like a, a three-year-old a little bit, doesn't it? Mine. But that's what the Lord says. He's not, he's not arguing or debating. The firstborn is mine. It doesn't belong to you. It's mine. And now we're going to um, go to verse 12 and 13. Then you shall set apart to the Lord all that opened the womb. That is, every firstborn, see that again, that comes from an animal which you have, the male shall be the Lord's, but every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Oh, that's, that's just amazing, that passage, because it just shows and demonstrates Jesus, and let me explain. In the Old Testament, in Jewish times, you had clean animals and you had unclean animals. The donkey is an unclean animal, the lamb is a clean animal. So the firstborn of your lambs, you dedicate it to the Lord. But if you want to keep a donkey, which is unclean, then you have to sacrifice a lamb in order to keep the donkey. This is great. We are unclean. We're all born with a sinful nature. Look at your children. You don't have to teach them to be bad, do you? You don't have to teach them how to be naughty. They can do that all by themselves. I mean, we have to teach our children to be good. Is that right? Yeah. We train them in the way they shall go, 
not the way they want to go because we have a sinful nature, a fallen nature. We are bad people. We're wicked. We're wicked, okay, compared to God. So we're unclean. But God, on the other hand, He is clean. He is holy, pure, and righteous. He is a lamb without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. He is perfect. Jesus, the clean, died for the unclean to redeem us back to God. Can you, can you see Jesus in this passage of Scripture? Wow, don't you love it how the, the Old Testament is a shadow of what's to come? Jesus, the clean, died for the unclean, that's us, to redeem us, to bring us back to God. Giving of first fruit and tithing is a principle that began long before the law. So for me, giving the first fruit is a principle before it's a law. Let's go to Deuteronomy 14, verse 22. You shall truly tithe. And what is a tithe? It means a tenth. And this is how we can measure how much of a first fruit offering we are to give. If you've got a whole lot of grain, how much do I give to the Lord? One kernel? No, no, you give a tenth of it. So this is a measure for us so that we can measure how much of a first fruit offering God would like. You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. Again, the principle of tithing began before the law. Now I'm going to go to 1 Kings 17 verse 8 to 9. And this is about Elijah and the widow. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. This is absolutely ludicrous. If you were a widow back in this time, there was no widow's benefit. You needed to be cared for. And for God to say that a widow is going to take care of the man of God, this is just crazy. This is ludicrous. This is upside down and just straight out wrong and back to front. Verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Don't these, don't these people annoy you? Like, can you bring me my cup of tea? And a biscuit as well? Can, can you bring me over my dinner and the salt and pepper? Annoying those people, aren't they? I just want that little bit more. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and for your son. I don't think this is very fair. I mean, I'd say, hey, man of God, take the widow's bags of groceries. Don't, don't just eat out of her a little bit. I mean, who would agree with me? Like, yep. 
take the poor lady some, some groceries. Don't, don't, don't eat her little bit of uh, flour and oil. I mean, it's not fair, is it? I mean, this so isn't fair and life isn't fair and I just don't think this is right. But some people believe that their first responsibility is to tend for their personal needs first. Then give God the leftovers. And the word first means before anything else. It takes faith to give the first. It does not require faith to give the leftovers. And it's not like he's just giving away her portion. She's giving away her son's portion as well. And I just want to say, this does not seem fair. And if you're out there thinking, this ain't fair, I'm with you. It doesn't seem right. But we're talking about God's opinion today, not mine, aren't we? Yeah. Mm. Let's go to verse 14. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. That's today, isn't it? <laughs> So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Elijah. God was setting her up to bless her. But it only happened because she gave first. If she didn't follow the principle of first, she would have only had that little bit of oil and flour. But God wanted to bless her. And as she had faith and stepped out, the blessing of God came. You see, God always wants to come first. Even for the widow with just a little bit of supply. You know, if you can honor God first, uh, blessing will come. As she gave first, a miracle happened. The miracle only happened because she gave first. Now Proverbs 3 verse 9. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Honour the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your increase, is what some other translations would say. And so this is honour God first before anything else. And remember a tithe is that measure of a tenth. And when I was in business a few years ago, this is how it worked for me. I was in business, I was a house painter. And uh, when the cheque, you don't get those anymore, came in, or the uh, payment went into our bank, this is what I would do, is I would look at the money that came in. And I would take off expenses. You don't, you don't give on your expenses. You only give on your increase. So I'd take off the expenses. And then I'd set aside a point. Then I would send into the local church a tenth. That was my tithe. A tenth on the gross. I mean, I, I like the idea of gross blessings better than net blessings anyway. And so, I mean, God wants the first fruit, not, not after the government's taken apart, I believe. And so I would send a tithe into the church and then I would set aside uh, money for tax and GST and then the rest was ours. And my goodness, the, the cheque or the automatic payment would just about be cut in half. But uh, it's amazing how when you put God first, um, you know, it seems to go further. We, it seems to work. But that, that's how I did it. And God is 
is definitely saying, give to me first. And this is according to your faith, and I had faith for that. But I love this verse 10. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Wow. I, I like that part. <laughs> but, I mean, but giving the first fruits always an act of faith. Now, I was going to miss Malachi chapter 3 altogether because I don't, I don't need to use this passage of scripture to get my point across. And the reason I was going to miss Malachi chapter 3 is because when it comes to talking about giving a first fruit tithing, everybody seems to go straight to this passage of scripture. And I was going to avoid it, but this is the passage of scripture where God spoke to me. And I didn't hear this principle the first time from the pulpit or a Christian I knew talk to me about this. And it really did challenge me, to be honest. It really did challenge me. So let's go to Malachi 3 verse 8. In the time of Malachi the prophet, many of God's people were not tithing. Many of those who were were bringing animals with defects. <coughs> Malachi has a strong rebuke for the people, but also a wonderful encouragement. Verse 8. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me, but you ask, how are we robbing you in tithes and offerings? Really it's impossible to rob God because God owns everything. The earth and all its fullness. Everything on the earth belongs to God. So you can't take it off God. It's His. So we can't really rob God. But what we can rob God of is the opportunity to bless us. Now I want to go to verse 10 just because I want to show you something there that works with verse 8. Verse 10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. When it comes to the tithe, and this is according to the scripture, I believe there's two things we can do with the tithe. We can steal it or bring it. And I believe the scripture says bring it and not give it for a very good reason. We can't give what is not ours. The tithe belongs to God, so we can't give what's already his. We can only bring it. And so he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And I believe that's the house of God, the place where you get fed your local church. That there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. This is the, the verse that got me when somebody explained the tithing to me. Oh, I've got to say, it wrecked me for about a week as I meditated on it, stirred it over. But the one, test me in this. God says, test me. Ha, ha, ha. You just, you just try this and wait. Watch and see what I can do. You, you can put me to the test with this. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you cannot contain it. As I say, it, it wrecked me. You know? and, and believe me, uh, it's not fair tithing. I came to that conclusion really, really quickly. 
I mean, it's easier for the wealthy people to do it than the, than the, than, than the people that are struggling to make the ends meet, that's for sure. I mean, let me explain it. Somebody earning 600 gross a week, they give 60, not even 540 left over. Somebody earning 2,000 a week, they give 200. Yes, they're giving more, but then 1,800 left over. It's not a fair principle. It's, it's not fair, but... I just, I just keep meditating on where God says, test me in this and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven for you. At the, at the time, me and Lisa were, were just married and when I did my budget, like uh, I did it back to front, uh, when it came to tithing, we gave, it felt like we gave all our money because we gave away everything that was left over. But then you gave it first and it just do the budget the other way, you haven't got any money left over at the end. Yeah. That's how it was, but it was like, test me in this. And so I actually did, I, I began to tithe it, and like, oh, honestly, oh. <laughs> uh, I could do a bit of overtime maybe, and, uh, and make a bit more. You've got to tithe on that too, that doesn't seem very but a miraculous thing happened. Uh, you know, David Taylor, my father-in-law, was talking to me about going out, uh, contracting and being self-employed. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm just happy working for wages for now. You know, it's scary being self-employed. What if people don't pay you? And what if you run out of work? But anyway, where I was working, the work just seemed to kind of dry up. And we were just doing minimal hours. And there was even talk about uh, having reduced hours. And I went to my boss and said, Can I, would, would it be okay if I subcontracted for a couple of houses? And he goes, that would be great because it leaves more work for the other guys. Well, honestly, I did not look back. I was then self-employed for 15 years and never once, yeah. this is a miracle, never once did nobody not pay me. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And there was times that work was running low and I'd just pray and work and work would come. It was yeah. amazing. And just like Abraham and Jacob and Isaac and Joshua and all those great men of God that were blessed, they went through times of famine and hardship, and, and, and we have too, but God has always provided. Uh, there was a time in our lives that we went backwards financially, but I know that God was dealing with pride, and that's a good thing, isn't it? I mean, he's sovereign, he's in control, and I can actually say God has blessed us as we have followed this principle. Our tithing should be done with a childlike faith because we cannot reason it or, or calculate it. I know that. Use logic, figure it out like any other investment or humanise it. But it's amazing, people who tithe will often say things like this, and I believe there's lots of testimonies in this house today. I can't believe how easily I can meet my needs with the remaining nine-tenths. How easily they can go from giving 10% to even larger amounts. They can't believe they didn't do it sooner. How their spiritual lives have deepened in giving a tenth. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And I even, I even teach this principle to my kids because I want to see them blessed. And I know that this as a, as a principle that really does open, you know, the floodgates of heaven over lives. So, we've done the Old Testament. We're going to cross over into the New Testament now. Because this is a principle that's not just Old Testament, it's New Testament as well. It goes from Genesis to Revelation. Now, I'm just going to 
preach this rather than teach this for the sake of time, but so that you can follow me. It's in Matthew 14, verse 15. Jesus has been preaching and teaching, and he has a crowd of people following him. The Bible tells us that there's 5,000 men plus women and children. And so they estimate about 20,000 people were following him. And the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, you've got to send this crowd away so that they can get some food. And Jesus says, you feed them. And they're like, we ain't got enough food to feed them. And Jesus says, well, what do you got? And they said, we've got five loaves of bread and two fish. That's not enough to feed 20,000 people, would you agree? Yeah. But Jesus says, bring it to, to me. So they give it to Jesus first. Yeah. And Jesus blesses it, prays for it, breaks it, and the disciples start handing this out. And a miracle happens wow. in their hands as this food multiplies. Yeah. Wow. And not only does it multiply to feed 20,000 people, there is 12 basketfuls left over. The miracle happened because they gave it to God first. Can you see supernatural provision as we give the little bit we have to God's hands? Wow, that's a miracle right there. Now we're going to go to Matthew 23, verse 23. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth, that's a tithe, of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. These Pharisees are amazing tithers. They even tithe on their spice. You know, you're cooking a bit of a curry along and you're give a tenth of a quarter of a teaspoon to God and a quarter of a teaspoon into your curry. I mean, they, they tithe on everything. These guys are the best tithers you would ever have. But I also want you to understand that Pharisees are very, very wealthy. And we've already established that tithing is very easy for wealthy people compared to people that are struggling to just make the ends meet. And, and tithing is actually a very easy principle to follow in that you just you, you give a tenth of all your increase to the Lord. And so the Pharisees were doing this, but Jesus actually comes to them with a rebuke. Yeah, you're tithing. But what about your heart? Because giving is all about our heart. And they haven't got love, grace, mercy, faith in their heart. They're just religiously doing it. And uh, and, and so Jesus rebukes them and so you know there can be people in this house today tithing, but what about your heart? Have you got love and grace and mercy, these greater things in your heart? Because these things are more important. You should have practiced the later, but get this, Jesus says, without neglecting the former. But not to neglect tithing. It's a principle. And uh, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law of Moses. This was, I, I learned this off Radio Rima years ago when I was a tradie. They used to play it all the time. 
Jesus didn't come to do away with the law of Moses or the teaching of the prophets, but to make their teachings come true. As long as heaven and earth last, not the least point or smallest detail of the law shall be done away with, not until the end of all things. Anybody else remember the Radio Remus play? He used to play it about three times a day. I learnt it. Trainees would come in and go, what's this? Radio Rima, I like it, don't touch my radio. <laughs> After the builders uh, skirted out, painters ain't the job, so I guess. <laughs> Tithing should be never done out of law or duty, but out of a heart full of faith, love and mercy. Now Hebrews 7 verse 10, And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. First, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness and also king of peace. Abraham was in the Old Testament. Hebrews is in the New Testament. The writer of Hebrews has connected the Old Testament with the New Testament. And, and Melchizedek is without father or mother, without genealogy, without beginning of days or end of life, resembling the Son of God who remains a priest forever. Abraham was giving his tithe to a type of Christ. And so why is, why is this person a type of Christ? He has no genealogy. And remember, Jesus is above all and before all, without beginning or end, he always comes first. And so Melchizedek was a type of Christ or a picture of Jesus right here. So Abraham was giving his tithe to a type of Christ. You could also say he gave it to the high priest, which could be in type the full-time staff doing the ministry. The tithe, the tenth, was promised by Abraham without a sense of bargaining, not on impulse, by commitment and plan. Abraham surrendered himself and his future to the Lord. He also fixed a portion of his income to show his commitment. Now we're going to go to Revelation. Yeah. And that's the last book. You've made it. Yeah. We've, done, we've gone from Genesis to Revelation, stringing pearls this morning. Uh, we're there. My last passage. But to prove it's in every book, and it goes right through the Bible from Old Testament to New Testament, here's my last one. Revelation 14 verse 4. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed from among men, being firstfruits of God and to the Lamb. I mentioned virgins in this passage. You know, virgins are pure. And so again, God is talking about hearts of people. God is after a holy people, a pure people, people that seek righteousness and goodness. And God is after our hearts even before our finances. The last passage teaches us of the great importance of having God first in our hearts and first in our lives and seeking Him first. Can I get the band up now, please? And God is always after our hearts. He's after our hearts first and foremost. Uh, and that's where he wants to live and, 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 and dwell is in our hearts. And You know, I've really shared the gospel this morning, how, how God you 
they've seen Jesus as a first fruit offering. You know, Jesus is a, as God's tithe. He's a first fruit offering for us. Yeah. He is. Yeah. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Yeah. So that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God gave him before we believed in him. You see, Jesus is a, is a first fruit offering. Wow. The Lamb of God, without spot, blemish, or wrinkle, given for us. And you know, Jesus came so that we can be in right relationship with him. And that is the good news. That's the gospel. And uh, this is the most important message you'll ever get. That, that God gave him first so that we may believe and then have everlasting life. You know, we're sinners. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're unclean. But Jesus is the Lamb of God who is clean, who died for the unclean to redeem us back to God so that we can have right relationship with Him. And God is after our hearts, and that's what the passage in Revelation teaches us, that He's after our hearts. And I don't believe our hearts are something that we give to God once. I believe we should give our hearts to God again and again and again and again. And so why don't we do that today? Lord Jesus, we give you our hearts again. Lord, we want to be a pure people, a holy people, a righteous people. But Lord, we just thank you that you gave Jesus to die for us first as a first fruit offering. And Lord, we receive that first fruit offering today. We receive Jesus and we desire to make him Lord put it first in every area of our lives today. In Jesus' name, Amen. My last thing, the picture of a wedding cake. At a wedding, you have the wedding cake. Who gets to cut the cake and have the first slice? The bride and groom, don't they? You know, Jesus is the bridegroom and the church is the the bride. And they should always get the first slice. I think it would be really dishonouring and disrespectful, wouldn't it, if the bride and groom went over to the cake to cut it and guests had already uh, helped themselves but left them a piece. Gave them a, you know, oh, there's a few leftovers for the bride and groom. See the principle? God and his bride come first. They get the first piece, not the leftover. It also shows the principle of first. And so what I've shared this morning can be challenging. What I want you to do is go away and pray about this because I want you to, I don't want you to hear my voice or my opinion. I want you to hear God in this. And just remember that God loves you whether you give or not, and your giving is always between you and God. And He loves you with an unconditional love. And so you cannot buy His love. Uh, it's just there. And so please hear that this morning. And if this has been challenging, I can understand. But I just want to teach, I just want to teach the principle and show you that it's not an Old Testament principle. It runs all through the Bible. The principle of first and God first. And uh, we're to put him first. He desires to be first. So I'm going to hand you back to Jono now. But thank you.